right. Oh my gosh. Hey, y'all. Welcome back. Third episode, second season. This is going to be good. I'm Carol Scudder. And I'm Quentin Lamar. He's Quentin Lamar. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Quentin's a little tired, kids. Yes, I am. We just have I'm to tired. know that. He, he did an all-night shoot on a film, and that's really hard and tedious, and he's tired. And uh, he's not going to be low energy the whole show. It's just, you know, it's going to gradually, he's going to gradually become infected with the joy that is, this is going to be good, I think. Why does that sound like a threat, Karen? <laughs> I don't know, because maybe you're, do you get defensive when you're tired? Maybe. I just uh, meant it no, as an idea. I'm not the I nicest just... person when I'm tired. Though. Oh, you're not nice. Okay, got it. No, I'm, I'm not nice when I'm I'll look tired. out for that. I'll look out for that. Well, what we were talking about before we started recording was the freaking freak flooding mm-hmm. that we had last Wednesday, residual of Ida. And like most New Yorkers, neither Quentin or I really expected that, right? No. I mean, well, at this point, I remember like back in the day or I guess I can say back in the day, but I remember years ago where you would see a flash flood warning and, you know, yeah, it was a flash flood warning, but it wouldn't really flood. Yeah. But now it floods. I guess the whole time I've lived in New York, I haven't lived anywhere really low. Like I haven't lived right near the river or down near a beach or anything like that. So I don't think about it so much. And I still don't. We're in kind of a high point in Sunnyside, so. But as we were saying before, there was like, and people all over the U.S. have seen now, there was a waterfall flooding into the 28th and uh, 7th Avenue subway. Yeah. And subways in Harlem and subways in Brooklyn, I guess. Like all kinds of subways had floods and rivers in them. (laughs) Where I live now, we don't really have any problems with the flooding because I I, I guess we're high too because we've never flooded. And that's good. We also never lose power, which I guess I should not would, but we've, we don't have problems with that either. We've, the entire time I've lived here through Sandy, through hurricanes here and there and stuff. We haven't had any like service issues or any flooding. So we're very lucky about that. Super lucky. I should probably research why, because I have no idea. I'm sure it's because of where we live, but I don't even really know. I think lucky is really what it is. Yeah. (laughs) I think that that used to happen to us a couple times in Greenpoint. That happened a couple times, but rare compared to North Carolina, where it happens all the freaking time. uh, Mm -hmm. Very rare, I would say. As Quentin was saying, it was like people were just pouring buckets of water. Like God, like some giant being was just pouring giant buckets of water all over the place. It was just just a huge deluge. You could hear that it wasn't normal rain. Yeah. Like that's what I'm, I was, because I could hear that this wasn't normal. And I had gone to a concert the night before at Pier 17 in Manhattan. Oh, okay. A, a Kesha concert. It was like totally packed. It was a lot of fun. Oh. And I was just thinking like, thank God that concert was not like a day later. Yeah. Because then like the people who I knew who went to the Azalea concert the next day, they could not get out of Manhattan. Oh, God. All the subways were shut down. Yeah. No Ubers, like it was just a complete nightmare. I had a friend that was up at 110th, and an Uber Uber was going to charge him 100 bucks to go from 110th mm-hmm. down to 34th Street. They they gouged. And he was like, he was like, yeah, no, he I don't know. He figured out he swam down there. I guess I don't know. He figured out some other way. But I, I have friends. I still don't know how they got home. I didn't even. I don't even yeah. know. Yeah. But I was like, that is rough. I was like sending messages to my friend who I went to the concert with. And she was like, we are so lucky. I was like, yes, we are. Yeah. It's especially rough if you don't have a heads up. Like, 
you know, you know when there's a giant snowstorm coming. There was a flood warning that day. Like there were the weather said that it was going to rain. Yeah. So I like I told my friend, I was like, had the concert been on Wednesday, I wouldn't have you gone. wouldn't have. Like yeah. I, I would not have gone to an outside rooftop venue when I knew it was gonna rain. Not just because they said it was gonna rain, but because I know there's a badass hurricane. Coming. Yeah. So I know that it's gonna be bad. Would you have expected people to drown in their cars? No, 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 no. In I, their basement apartments? No, I did not expect that. That's what I mean. I mean, it was that level that was just like, what? We've seen flooding in the subways before. I just suspected like, you know, another video of people like, you know, the subways and rats doing the backstroke stuff. (laughs) Like, that's the kind of stuff I anticipated. I did not think people, I didn't think people would die, which is... Yeah, that was, (sighs) it's horrible. Like 13 or 14 people. It's horrible. Very tragic. Speaking of how, how'd you get home? Uh, We're coming up on the 20th anniversary of September 11th. So when our show drops next week, we are finally actually going to be talking about something that is current because next week is the actual 20th anniversary. So that's why I wanted to talk about it now because when our show actually drops next week on Saturday, that will be the day. That will be it. Now, is this behind the scenes stuff or are you telling our listeners? I guess I'm... Oh, is this something for me? I guess I'm telling them. I'm just thinking, because usually when we talk about something... You're telling them what date it is that when they're... I'm always like, it's going to be a week. (laughs) This is going to happen a week ago after you we talk about it, because I'm always wishing that we could be more current. You know what I mean? Right. Well, not only are we current, but you're breaking the fourth wall here. This time I'm breaking the fourth wall. They're all up in this. Everybody who's listening, you're all into the production. Which I want to do. I am want to do that. I will take a sledgehammer to a fourth wall. You didn't do that on purpose, but it's cool. It's cool you did it, but you didn't do that on purpose. No, I did do it on purpose. (laughs) That's what you don't understand. Okay. I am want to grab a sledgehammer and slam it against the fourth wall. Okay. And I mention it all the time here. Like She-Hulk. You're like Jessica Walter. Sure. That's what I'm like. I don't don't get there. (laughs) (laughs) No, I said Jessica Walter. I meant Jennifer Walters. I'm sorry. Jessica Walter is the oh. actress who passed away. Jennifer Walter is She-Hulk's alter ego. I'm sorry. Neither of those references are things like... Okay, so She-Hulk is, of course, <laughs> the Incredible Hulk's cousin. Oh, who's sure. also a lawyer. And oh. unlike the Hulk, she retains her, you know, uh, mental capacity. <laughs> she's still smart while she's She-Hulk. But anyway, she is famous throughout comic books for the fact that her comic always broke the fourth wall. Oh. And she would speak to the reader. That was very... That's not very common, but she's known for it, so... That's what I'm like. You may not know what I'm talking about, Carol, but what I'm saying is actually very much on topic. And now I like it because now she's my favorite comic book person. I think they're making a movie or a TV show about her very soon. What are the chances that I can be in that movie? Um, If it films in New York, there is a very big chance you can be in that movie. I don't know. Okay. I could play her mom, maybe. (sighs) At at the very least, you could play some woman selling her flowers at some stand. There you go. At the very least, you can get in that movie. By the way, I did not book the national commercial that I was on hold for last week. That's too bad. But I am mentioning it because I want the world to know that I was on hold for one. There there you go. Anyway, that's that story. That's the gig. It is the gig. But But yeah. So sucks. So 20th anniversary, September 11th. Mm -hmm. For me, well, for everybody, a huge deal. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I think for people that were here, it's just more, I don't know. I don't even know what to say about it, really, other than it's it's just, I think for several, I've, I've never ignored it, but for several years, I sort of don't want to dip in too much. Mm-hmm. And then this year, I kind of feel like more, oh, okay, I really want to put some thought into it this time. And this morning on the CBS Sunday Morning Show, which I love, they had this photographer that took the falling man photo. 
And while I've seen that photo before, I hadn't thought that much about that either. Do you know that photo? I believe so. It's very famous. It's 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 really the only. It's a famous photo of a of a man that jumped out the window of of one of the towers and is falling. And in the, that particular frame of the photo, he's pointed straight down like an arrow. It's almost beautiful, uh, even though it's tragic, you know. Mm-hmm. But for as a photo, it's almost kind of beautiful, and it's it's just very uh, arresting. And so they interviewed that photographer, and he was really interesting. His name is Richard Drew. He had been at a fashion show that morning for uh, maternity clothes at his gig as a, as a photographer and his company paper, whatever, called him and said, you know, hey, you know, you better get on the train and go down there this, to this is happening right now. And he did. He left his maternity fashion show, jumped on the train and drove down there and, I mean, you know, went down there, jumped out, started taking photos. And that was one of the first things he saw was people jumping out of the building. And he just started taking the photos one after other, after other, after other. And, you know, I mean, the interviewer said, how'd you get that picture? He said, I didn't take that picture. My camera took that picture. You know, he said, I started pointing at that area and hitting the trigger of my camera over and over and over, getting every image I could. Later when I got home is when, and on my computer is when I realized the shot that I had, you know, which is kind of interesting about photography that you're sort of removed in that way. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people gave him kind of a hard time for taking that photo, saying that he shouldn't have. And then, of course, it was also celebrated and he won awards for it. And, you know. I can understand why, like, the person's family might have not liked that. Well, they never figured out who it is. That's what I mean. But other than that, I mean, that's just history. Yeah, it's got to be documented. It's got to be documented. And that's what he said. It's like the difference between being an amateur photographer and a journalist. He said, I had to take that photo. Yeah. And but speaking of family, he took a series of photos of people that were jumping. And he was contacted by a husband whose wife had he could never have found he never found his wife's or girlfriend's body. And he let him come to his office and look through the whole series of photos because he knew what she'd worn to work that day. And he had found her. He identified her and it helped locate her remains. Because she he saw where she fell. Yeah. Oof, that's yeah. rough. Yeah. It is, but he was incredibly grateful to the photographer for... Yeah, as somebody who was like a kid not living in the city, September 11th is definitely different Yeah, for me. Like, I remember the fear. I remember being taken out of school. Like, I remember everybody's parents coming to pick them up and stuff like that. I don't... Yeah, been so terrifying to you as a kid. Growing up in the time I grew up, like, we saw plenty of, like, movies where they were like, you know, terrorists and da-da-da, and they're going to bomb this, they're going to do whatever. But it's like you didn't really think it would happen. Uh-huh. Oh, from the time I was a kid, like the thing on my mind or what I always thought was like nuclear war, terrorists. Most of the movies that, that I watched as a kid on Schwarzenegger movies, those were the plots. Like, you know, so to me, it was kind of like this is reality now. Like before then, I think I had like this idea that like nobody really did anything like that here. Like I knew things like that happened in places, but we didn't have terror attacks here. Yeah. So yeah, it was definitely a big change for me. And it by the time I moved here, it was like kind of like, you know, moved on. Like the Freedom Tower was like up. When you moved here, the Freedom Tower, well, it wasn't finished, but it was started. It was being constructed. So it was like, for me, it was a, a different thing. It was just. Yeah. But it's still like, if you go down to the of Ground Zero site, it's still a very like heavy place. Oh, yeah. 
No, and I, I used to work down there all the time. I worked down there during the first bombing. I had only been there like a week before when they had the first bombing. Oh, yeah. I didn't even know about that one. I learned about that one after September 11th. I used to work at these horrible catering jobs there all the time, like way up on the 48th floor, 75th floor, wherever I was, like crack of dawn, 6 a.m. jobs that paid like $12 an hour. Like I used to work those jobs all the time. It's crazy. But about that day, like thinking about that guy, like, yeah, he was at a maternity fashion show that morning. And it's such an incredibly normal day. I didn't even know they had maternity fashion shows. Well, they got, you don't want pregnant women just walking around naked. I mean, that's true, but I thought you just put some clothes together at TJ Maxx and they just made do. I I didn't know like there was like, okay, this is the new fashions for the pregnant woman. I don't know. I just didn't. Yeah, man. I I had no idea they did that. I mean, it's a thing. They should. Sure. And they do. They should and they do. I want to see one now. I want to see a pregnant fashion. I'm sure that can be arranged. I'm going to look on YouTube. I'm sure I can find it. I'm sure there's websites for that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. There's there's websites for (laughs) men that fetishize it in some weird way. And then there's people just looking for clothes. But, you know, it was such an astoundingly gorgeous day. Like, it was so beautiful outside. It was one of those days where you look out their window and you're just like, God damn it, it's gorgeous. Like, clear, blue, blue sky and the most perfect temperature and... Just magical, like the most beautiful day. And that it could be shattered in that way was just bizarre. Like, I just will never forget the way I felt during that day. And I was in Manhattan. And by the time I finally walked home, understood that, oh, no, you can't take the train. You have to walk home. Three and a half hours later, I walked all the way to Brooklyn at the time I lived in Brooklyn. What kind of Brooklyn did you live in? I lived in Greenpoint. Okay. Yeah, right on the edge before it turns into into Queens. I've never had to walk home from the city, so I feel bad whenever I hear those stories because I can't even imagine. It's long. Of course it's long. Like I wouldn't even know where to go. I'd be like, what the hell? Well, I started to go down because I knew that would be faster and I started to, while these cars are driving up covered with ash, mm-hmm. people covered with ash I saw still. And I just was like, oh, crap. All right. No, I can't go down. I can't walk across the Williamsburg Bridge. I'm going to have to walk over the 59th Street Bridge. Jesus. Like, how long is that going to take? Like, in three and a half hours is how long it takes. So I, and I started and with thousands of people, me and thousands and thousands of people walked that way walked to Queens. And and by the time I got to the other side of the bridge, there were buses there and people from the MTA going, come on, come on, come on, get on the bus, get on the bus, get on the bus. And I went and mashed myself on a bus. That sounds about Yeah, with a whole bunch of people. And that bus took us the rest of the way to Greenpoint over the Pulaski. And then I'm walking from that bus 15 minutes more to get to my house. And I go down my street and there's a mosque on my street. And there's a little man out front cleaning his door, the door of the mosque. He's crying and there's blood. Somebody had thrown pork on his door and smeared it all around. And he was cleaning it and he started to cry. And I walked past him and I stopped and I said, I'm sorry. I said, are you okay? And he turned around and he's like weeping. And he said, I didn't do this. I didn't do this. I didn't want this. I didn't want this. I'm so sad. You know, it's like that. He just was repeating over and over. And I said, you know, I'm so sorry that someone did that to you. (sighs) You know, I know you didn't do this. I'm so sorry. And then I just went home. But it was so sad. And I mean, I hope I made him feel better. I don't know. I was just heartbroken to see him. He was just weeping like that some asshole, some asshole in my neighborhood threw pork on his door. You know, and then after that, there was always a cop. Like they they set up a little station and guarded the mosque for months after that. I don't know how long, for months. Yeah, that's... That's my little story. Oof. Oh, my God. It was so heavy. It was so heavy. And I finally got home. Oh, my God. 
And then, and then I'll stop talking about this, but then I got a flag. I don't know if I got it or if I just had it already, but I had some little flag on a stick. And for like the next couple of weeks, anywhere I went, I stuck that little flag on a stick in the back of my backpack and had an American flag on a stick sticking out of my backpack, which is completely unlike me. Mm. (laughs) But Why do you think you did that? Because I just felt like, God damn it, I love... I love America. I love New York. I wanted to put my arms around New York and just hug it. Like people that wanted to leave, I had the fully opposite experience. Not only did I not want to leave, I wanted to go right back out. You know, I didn't go back out that day, quite frankly. I'm cracked up with a bottle of wine and took a long hot bath. But and I was also nervous because I didn't know what else was going to happen. But yeah. you know, a couple of days later, I went. I started going down and volunteering at soup kitchens and. You know, I did various things, and and I I don't know why I just felt like I had to have this little flag with me. I still have the flag. I mean, I stopped after a couple of weeks, and I still have the flag. But I'm not even a flag person. I don't know. It just made me feel better, so I did it. It's not that we're not patriotic. We just don't have a lot of room for flags in New York. And I, you know, I am patriotic in my way, but I don't really like the whole forced patriotism, performative. Mm-hmm. I'm much more comfortable questioning my country, <laughs> you know. Right. Because I love it. I love it. I love it. That's why I'm hard on it. But yeah, that that week I was all about, I'm going to stick this little flag in my backpack and just walk around. And it's it. important. You remember 20 years later and mm-hmm. now we're 20 years past yeah. that and yeah, yeah. dealing with terrorism at home. So. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's progress. And honestly, the domestic terrorism is more frightening to me. Of course. It should be. Yeah. The the dangerous white people. Um, well. <laughs> so, yeah. On a lighter note. On a lighter note, we are all, we're very happy you guys listened to us for this season too. And if you like to continue please donate to buymeacoffee.com backslash gonna be good. And please give, give, give if you can one more time. That is buymeacoffee.com backslash gonna be good. <laughs> that's the part I was supposed to do at the beginning. I totally forgot. I've never done that part. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm here for, kid. Good. <laughs> good job. <laughs> well, hey, it's also Labor Day. And now it will be after Labor Day when this, this runs, but that's okay. I'll try to stop talking about when we run. I'll try to stop. <laughs> can't do it. Can't do it's it. I can't shut happen. the. I can't shut the hell up. But yeah, That's Labor Day. I love Labor Day. I'm working tomorrow, Labor Day. But whatever. Oh God, I don't. Actually, I don't have to work tomorrow. Wait. Do you? I think I. Ha- I think I have to. I do think I have to work. Well, anyway, I still like. I'm just looking forward to being able to just go to sleep. Like, I just, I look forward to, like, not having to get up at any, like, pre-designated time tomorrow. So even though I have to work, I still don't have to get up, like, super early. So it's fine. I can work later in the day. I do have to get up super early. It's okay. Well. But, you know, the uh, only reason I wanted to mention Labor Day (laughs) is because I think unions are starting to gain a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of strength. And the reason we have Labor Day is because of unions. The reason, you know, the reason we have the the 40-day work week and we're able to have weekends is because of unions. And a little statistic I heard this morning, which I didn't even know. I knew this sort of, but I didn't know it was this bad. Since 1978, do you know 
how much CEOs' salaries have increased since 1978? Isn't it like 500% or something? That's what I thought. No, it's 940%. Actually, I didn't know it was 940. I thought it was 500 too because I heard that a couple of years ago. I Freaking. think it increased. I think I heard it one time when it was 500. And I yes, think one you time did. It was a couple of I've years ago. It. And now it's yeah. 940%. Well, they definitely made a killing with the Wages. Wait, yes. But this is since 1978. But you're right. It's definitely, it's definitely took a quite a jump in the last couple of years. But wages and wages have gone up 12%. Mm-hmm. And that really is that's, only in the last couple of years. So like, That's what we call some bullshit. That is for sure what we call some bullshit. Yeah. So yeah, we gotta we gotta strengthen the labor movement in this com- country. Oh my god! And get the unions going. Happy Labor Day. That's all. Okay. We could talk about Ahmad Albury's prosecutor. Who- oh my god! Yes. Talk about it. I totally mm-hmm. forgot about that. That is a huge deal. Yeah. Uh, so his prosecutor or one of the prosecutors was very uh, biased, I guess we can say. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. She basically broke the law because like, she worked with one of the guys, right? Like one of the guys who was subsequently charged with murder. From what I know about the case with Ahmaud Arbery is this was a black man who was jogging in his neighborhood. He was stopped by three white men. And they shot him and killed him. When they were uh, questioned about it, they said that there was a rash of robberies in the neighborhood and that he fit the description. And they went on record as saying that they said to him, hey, stop, we want to talk to you. And yeah, they killed him. So after this happened, when the prosecute the investigation started, they removed one of the prosecutors, because I think the, one of the prosecutors wasn't, they felt uh, qualified enough, something in that way. Jackie Johnson, she was the district attorney in Glen County. And so she bypassed protocol by having them not arrest, uh, I think it was not Gregory McMichael. I think it was Travis, Travis, Travis McMichael is the one who shot him. I there was a father and a son. And then there was their asshole friend that came along to film it all. Right. So she advised not to arrest the person who actually pulled the trigger and recused herself because she worked previously in the office with the father of the boy, I believe. So anyway, she was recently indicted finally for what the part she played in that. And it's so disrespectful. It's disrespectful to Omar's family, not to mention incredibly legal and horrible to be happening in the justice system. So I feel like we hear a lot about, you know, like we're taking down cops or we want to take down cops. We want to take down these people who are out hurting black people. I really like this case because I feel like we're, this is really a case of like cleaning somebody out. Yeah. Who's from the inside doing so much damage to the people in this community. Clearly, obviously. So I I really like this. I really like hearing this. Yeah. Because I, yeah was very angry about it when I heard about it, when it happened back when. Oh, so, it's such a horrifying story when it when it f- first came out. Like It's one of the, there are a lot of police killings and there have been a lot. There are a few that stand out. And normally the ones that stand out for me most are the ones where I know, because like I have a lot of like white friends. Of course, I have white family members. Some of them really outraged them. And this was one that really outraged a lot of the white people I knew. Right. Well, it wasn't even a police killing. 
Exactly. So they <laughs> were really thing. upset about that. And then <laughs> yeah. this one, and I can't remember the name of the Ugh. God, it's sad. I can't remember his name. Who was shot at McDonald at the Wendy's drive-thru? Oh, right. Rashard Brooks. Okay. God, how did I forget? Because there's too many. That's how you forgot it. It's ridiculous. That makes me sad. That makes me very sad. It is sad. It's horrible. Trying to like keep the details like straight about who was doing what, who was jogging, who was simply just living. <laughs> who pulled out their cell phone. Anyway, this one is a really big one for me personally and for a lot of people I know. So I hope take her down, take down everybody, tear the whole thing up, tear it all down the way I feel. Like that's such... Because as far as like he was in this, went into this home that, you know, was in 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 process of, of being built, you know, they, they showed the security camera from that home. So many people go in there because people do that all the time. People walking through a neighborhood constantly go into homes that are being built and look around and whatever. Like, you know, that's something people do and they're allowed to do. And the owner of that home was like, you know, couldn't believe mm-hmm. that he was like, I don't care if people come in and look at this home that's being built. I mean, you know, oh God, so grotesque. So grotesque. Well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, it's good. I'm glad that's happening. And, and, you know, I want justice in this case, but I would rather have him just still alive and have this not have happened. That's all. Yeah, I agree. (sighs) Speaking of that, speaking of juries, maybe, uh, I, I, I don't know about you, but for me, a movie that if if it just happens to come on and I'm just sitting there watching TV or, or maybe I mean, in, in this case, I was actually going to go to bed. I was washing dishes. I was coming in, get ready to go to bed. Peter had turned it on Channel 13. 12 Angry Men was on. I cannot not watch 12 Angry Men. It's one of those movies that if I see it on, I just have to watch it. And I stayed up till two o'clock in the morning watching this movie. Have you seen it? Yes. But I, you know what's so funny? It's been a long time. I've seen this movie... <laughs> Within the last three months. Oh, wow. Okay. I saw it for the first time within the last three months. I was wondering if you'd seen it with your mom, if it was one of those classic old movies. She's recommended that I watch it. Because, like, we talk about old movies. Like, I'll be like, oh, I can't sleep. What's an old movie I can watch? And she'll, like, tell me when she does the same thing. She'll tell me, like, who's starring in it. And then she'll tell me what it is. And, like, that's how I gauge if I want to watch it or not, usually. And she told me with this. And I was like, I'll give it a try. You know, I like... I like everybody that's in it, sort of. So. Oh yeah, every it's an incredible cast, and 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 it's a perfect, like even subject matter aside, it's a perfect movie in a way because it it's in, it's like a play because it only takes mm-hmm. place in one place, you know, which is unusual for a movie. It's basically it's very August Wilson. Yeah, 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 yeah. It really is. Yeah, it it really except for like three minutes in the beginning or something, which I actually didn't see the beginning last night. But it all takes place in the jury room. It doesn't take place mm-hmm. anywhere else. And one of Peter's comments was like, what are juries only white men? And I'm Back like, then, yeah. yeah, for a long time, juries were only white men. Like, you know, apparently I just was, I looked it up. It was 1968 before women, women were allowed to serve on juries in all 50 states. I had no idea. I had no idea. I mean, I assumed, I mean, you can assume that that would be the case. I didn't know it was so like recent though. I know. It's, like, that's, it's that's super crazy. Recent as hell. Uh, it's really fucking recent. And and supposedly black men have been allowed to serve on juries for 135 years, but of course, they rarely got on juries mm-hmm. until pretty recently. So, you know, allowed to, but it didn't really get to happen. But anyway. I just had to turn in my jury duty thing. They get me all the time. Yeah, I've actually got a few more years before they get me again. I think I have four more years. I don't know. Lucky you. 
They're about to get my ass. Yeah, but you might, I mean, it might be cool and this might be a good time to do it. I, I do it because it's my duty. My See, here's the thing. For my mother to be a former gang member, she was really big on civic duty, which is kind of odd, but she was, she was big on like, you know, voting for everything. And she was big on like, you know, jury duty is your duty to do that. It can suck. It can be tedious. It can suck, but it can also be fascinating. I can't not do it. I can't like. You can't not do it. But no, I don't want to do it. But then I think like, and it would be different if I was like getting on a case that I feel like would make a difference. But every time I go, it's always like some lawsuit yeah, or something like some hit and run or it's always something that's just like, I don't, I, I don't care who wins this. I hate both of these people. Yeah. I was on one for 10 days and I hated everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and we were, we ended up being a hung jury because we had one woman on our jury that was like the anti Henry Fonda. Like it was like in this, in, in 12 angry men, Henry Fonda is the one that's like, no, I have some doubts. Everybody else is just like, he's guilty. He's a poor kid. Poor kids are always criminals, guilty, ah, you know. And Henry Fonda is the one that kind of breaks all that up and starts bringing up these reasons why he might not be guilty. The woman on my jury was anti the opposite of that. Like, her reasons were so dumb. And all the rest of us, I mean, he really was, they, it was two, three people at once, I think. And it was, they were so guilty. And she was just like, I don't know. I was like, what? <laughs> oh, my God. And they almost fell out of their chairs. When we came back a hung, hung, hung jury, them and their lawyers almost fell out of their chairs because they knew how guilty they were. But whatever. Anyway, it's a great movie, and I think you should watch it. Cindy Sydney Lumet is the director. And it's I think you would especially dig it because not only are they talking about social issues, and it was done in 1957, Wait, 12 Angry Men. I've seen it. Oh, I thought you said you hadn't seen it. No, I've seen it. Never we established that. My mother told me I should watch it. I watched it watched three months it. ago. Oh, my God. I don't listen. Okay, well, then don't you think it's interesting? Because I didn't notice until last night that not only are they talking about social issues and stuff, but ageism. Uh-huh. I didn't think about that whole angle with the old man. Yeah, I thought I thought it was interesting. It was... Um, it wasn't what I thought it would be. Huh. Like, I went into a thing like, you know, what's this shit? You know, but I knew because my mother said it was good because it's a movie that, like, I've heard and, like, it's it's like a Criterion movie. I'm like, I'm sure there's something um, to be gleaned from this. And I, I really did enjoy it. I just, you know. Didn't blow your mind. It's not, it didn't, I'm not going to say it didn't blow my mind. No, I didn't find it like, wow, like, I really love this movie. But that's just because for me, movies like that don't ever really do it for me, especially older movies, mm-hmm. you know? Like, To Kill a Mockingbird is nice, but it's like... Oh, my God. That's another one for me that I can't I can't not watch. But those are movies, both of those movies, 12 Angry Men and To Kill a Mockingbird, they're movies I started watching when I was a kid, when I was kind of too young to watch them, just like of a Saturday, whatever, where for some reason I'm like just watching a movie at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And they just made an impression on me because they were s- sort of sophisticated. I get it. Like, you know, that's the way I feel about one of my favorite movies, Fatal Beauty, starring Whoopi Goldberg. I never saw that movie. It's not a great movie. It wasn't a hit for her either. But... I personally like it because it's just like, you know, the movies that Whoopi made when I was a kid, she had roles that like black women barely get to do now. Like she, that's what I love about her. Yeah. I get how you can watch something that's not really your age, but it makes an impression on you in a certain way. Yeah. So I get why that would be, those are heavier. Cause like, well, I know. Cause Fatal View is kind of heavy too. Cause it's about mm-hmm. like 
the movie's about a new bag of drugs on the street and it's killing people. And she's a narcotics cop trying to get it off the street. And like, she's an undercover cop. So then you get whoopy like in costume sometimes and doing all this stuff. So it's a lot of fun, but it's a very heavy plot. So maybe kids like watching heavy plot things that they don't really understand. It kind of like influences you a little bit. 12 Angry Men and especially To Kill a Mockingbird both dealt with civil rights. I'm not comparing those movies. <laughs> those are better movies than what I'm talking They're about. They're better so. movies. But but they also dealt, dealt with civil rights, which was, I was mm-hmm. very, even as a very young kid, I was very like aware and into. and. Well, you just ought to be. You grew up in the South. Yeah, exactly. And I, as soon as I started to see like all the wrong around me and try to start Mm -hmm. understanding it with my little brain any story like that I was drawn to you know like I think it makes sense like we've touched on before like that's a totally different way to you know to be brought up like I don't like the the north deals with race in a totally different way than the south yeah I'm sure how it was presented to you and how it was presented to me is totally different not only because of our colors but because of where where we were from and because of our generation. Well, and I thought of you last night when I was watching it because it occurred to me like this movie is trying to bust up the white construct of whiteness. The two older men, the grouchy, angry older men that were the most guilty, guilty, guilty. All the other people that were kind of undermining that, there was like the young, the, the Jack Klugman character from The Bad Neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, who first they were just insulting poor people and he had to kind of be like, hey, I'm a poor person. I was born in that neighborhood. You know, it's like, oh, well, we don't mean you, you know. They didn't make it clear where he was from, some sort of Eastern European, new American guy. There was the old man. I mean, you know, it was a diverse cast for all white men, <laughs> except they were all white men. But for for its time, it was kind of advanced trying to shatter the white power construct. It's it's not real. Like it's yeah. whiteness is not real. And for it's the older just... white men. Anyway, they were the ones that were so shocked that time was moving beyond them. I was trying to think if there's a movie that I can watch whenever it's on. Yes, that's what I was going to ask you. What is a movie that you cannot turn off when it comes on? I think I'd have to say I don't want to be laughed out of here. I'm not going to laugh. Okay, so Thanks for the warning though. <laughs> I mean, but that's not like your favorite movie ever, though. No, right? it's not that it's my favorite movie ever. It's just one of those movies, like if, I, and I'm, I'm not saying like you see it on the TV schedule, or like, hey, I'm gonna watch oh, this. Sure. It's just like if it's on, you it's have literally to watch just it. like, oh crap, Twelve Angry Men is on. I'm not gonna be able to turn it off. I would say my answer is Back to the Future. Okay, I think that's a valid answer. If I see Back to the Future, I'm gonna watch the whole thing. And I have never seen that. You've never seen Back to the Future. I have never seen it. No. I I can't even. It's shocking. I can't even. That is beyond. I I can't. I don't even know what to say. I'm like speechless and I I talk too much and you've made me speechless. You've rendered me (laughs) speechless. I cannot speak. I understand I am supposed to have seen it. I don't think I've ever met anybody who's ever not seen Back to the Future. Yeah. First of all, my favorite is Back to the Future 2. Oh, I thought that it was I thought it was my absolute favorite. But then I went through this weird like 80s thing, like maybe a month ago. And I watched the first Back to the Future. And I was like, this is a really good movie. I was like, maybe I don't like it. Like, maybe I like the first and the second one equally. I used to think I liked the second one more because I thought it was cool. They went to the future. Mm -hmm. I remember talking to my mother like. And when I was watching, I was like, oh, well, I'll be in 2015. And I remember her telling me, and I was like, oh, my God, I'll be so old. Uh, <laughs> but so, like, I, the first one is really good. To me, it rings a little bit different because, like, I've watched it since my father passed. And a big part of it is, like, his parents getting together. Mm-hmm. So then you, like, think about, like, the circumstances that bring your parents together and all that stuff. So it was, mm-hmm. it was really cool. And um, 
Michael J. Fox is adorable. Yeah, he's great. It's a great, great movie. A lot of fun action. I love it. If Best of Show is on, I can't not watch it. I have to finish. I have to watch it. I've never seen Best of Show. Oh my God. I think you would love it. It's hilarious. Yeah. There's another movie, I think, done by the same... Waiting for Guffman. Um, for Your Consideration. Oh, you know what? I have not seen that one. I love that movie. Okay. So I've always wanted to see Best in Show because everybody's like, if you love it for your, for your consideration, yeah. you'll love the Best in Show. And I was like, but I just never got around to it. Best of Show and Waiting for Guffman are, to me, two of the best movies they've made and this is Spinal Tap, also incredibly funny, incredibly funny, incredibly funny. I have a lot of stuff to watch. I'll put it up. I'll add it to the list. I mean, yeah, yeah. Add it to the list. I just, and you should watch Back to the Future. Well, and you know why I didn't see it? Because it was in the 80s, right? And where was I in the 80s? Carol was in a bar Whole time. in the 80s. Whole time. I was I was in a mixture of learning to walk and learning ABCs and yeah. watching Whoopi Goldberg fight yeah. drug people. But Carol was drunk, where I'm assuming, with her boobs out <laughs> in a, a low-cut, uplifting mm-hmm. manner at a bar, talking about life. I don't know about any of that. It's probably wearing an oversized sweatshirt and tights or something. Who knows what? But. <laughs> I just had a mental picture. I yeah. don't know. But <laughs> that's what you were doing. All this great TV that Carol's never seen. Right. And if I'd known that you were learning to walk, I would have put down my drink and tried to help. I totally would have. Um <laughs> I would have. All right. So one more damn heavy freaking thing. Speaking of children. Oh, my God. Goddamn Texas. Mm. The hell is wrong with them? We all know what's wrong with Texas. We can't. I keep hearing people ask what's wrong with Texas. We know exactly what the fuck is wrong with Texas. So. Yeah. Okay. The question is, what are we going to do about Texas? Yeah. We should stop. The question should stop. Can we just cut them off? Can they just go be be their own country? Can we just stop? I lived in Texas. I lived in Texas for about a year. Right. Yeah. I remember. When I was like, when I was like 14 years old. And Texas is a very strange place. And I, I think religion is great. But uh, at what point does religion supersede everything? At no point should it. it I mean, <laughs> I think it's a, if you're religious, I know it's supposed to. But it's like that place is so Christian and so it's not even as white as it used to be because right. it's very. But it's still so damn Christian like that, in my opinion, is the problem with Texas. It is a it is a lie that being Christian has to do with being opposed to abortion. That is a lie. True. It is a lie that they're concerned with children. That is a lie. True. But that is how they get people to vote and help them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Like, that is the front. I totally agree that it is not the truth. How they're also attacking voting rights with that same... I don't, I mean, you know, because they're doing, because that's that's what's so frustrating to me with Texas right now is between what they're trying to do with voting rights and what they're doing to women's reproductive rights, which right now what's happening to women is more terrifying, but they're both terrifying. What they're doing they, with At this point, this is all, this mm. is all necessary because they, they are running out of time. Like they, mm. they, they're, they, they're not getting new voters. They're not, right. they're, their base is getting older and older. The yeah. liberal base is getting younger and younger. Yeah. It's, they have to do this. They, it, if they don't do this, Texas will freaking go blue. 
and they will lose their shit. I think it's going to happen anyway. This is the proof of how dire straits are in Texas that Texas is doing this. Like they are going for broke. So what we need to do is pressure big companies to pull out of Texas. We also need to pressure the Congress and the Senate to expand the gosh darn Supreme Court, expand the court expand the court and get rid of the filibuster. We're going to have to. They have to get rid of the filibuster. They have to expand the court. We're going to have to. Because the court's already, it's already stacked. It's stacked. It's out of balance. It's it's insane. It's got that handmaid on there and freaking pubic hair on a Coke can, dude. And mm-hmm. Mr. Uh, Splunky, what's his name with the beer? Pong Splunky. I don't know. You know what I mean. I won't say their oh, names. I know. Brett Kavanaugh. Yeah, him. The ugly. Splunky. <laughs> With his friends Squee and Splat, whatever their names were. They're just yeah. disgust. I. It's very frustrating. So I'm just saying, heads up, this awful thing's happening. Got to stop being depressed about it and and just uh, try to make the calls, send the text, pressure the pressure, write the letter, send the emails, whatever. Like we have to win the midterms, hundred percent, half two. If we don't, I don't know. I have to find that little American flag and stick it back in my backpack. Um, buy some sort of a firearm. I don't want to do it. And uh, go out and be a vigilante. Not a vigilante. No, I don't think so. It's not really. Though that's what Texas is doing. That's the thing. That's the craziest thing about this law is that they're empowering citizens, not even just of Texas. Like any knucklehead can try to find a woman who's somehow think they're trying to get an abortion and sue for $10,000, minimum $10,000, something. I don't even understand it. How is that legal? I have no idea. I don't either. I don't understand it. I don't get why you, why people would be so concerned with other people's bodies. Yeah. Let people do what they want to do. Yeah. It's not up to us to decide. I don't understand why that's so difficult. Yeah. It's not. You don't want an abortion? Don't have one. If there was this much of a push to feed the hungry in that damn state, oh my god, or to to home the homeless, like that's they don't care about yeah. that, and it's it's and seeing how far they'll go for this, it shows me how far they don't go for shit that matters. That's exactly right, hundred percent, exactly right. Yep, I thought that several times this week. It's like if you would put this energy into fixing the climate, helping poor people, repairing your schools, repairing. Bridges, whatever, like all the things that are falling apart and that need help in this country. Help actual born children. There's tons of them. (laughs) Nope. Those children are already sinned somehow. It's just, it's all bullshit. Well, the unborn, they're so easy to deal with. They're very self-contained. That's it. I guess I bummed you out. No, it's not it. We're not done. We're not done with the show. You're not leaving. (laughs) We've gotten to the point. <laughs> You're, we're almost done, though. We've gotten to the place in our show, <laughs> unless you have something else you wanted to talk about, where we're going to nope, do this. I have, is nothing, be good. I have nothing to say. I have no, nothing else to nothing, say. No. Nothing. Okay. Um, I, this is the one I had for you. So, Quentin, is this going to be good? Um, American Crime Story Impeachment. Do you know about this <laughs> new show? Do you mean the show done by the colorist queen mother of FX programming, Ryan Murphy? Yes. I am aware. What's a colorist? Uh, I knew there was something bad about him. I couldn't remember what it was. There's multiple things that I would say bad about him, but the biggest thing would be is it's something that I believe they've made an attempt to work on with certain shows, but there is usually, especially in his early works, a lot of colorism with the people that he cast. My biggest problem with him now, like I'm cool with the diversity in his casting now. 
Now all of his work is just oversaturated with Sarah Paulson. Mm, who I love. I used to love her. I liked her more when I saw her less. Okay. Because the bad thing about acting is when you see somebody <laughs> act all the time and they act in so many different roles, uh-huh. you see where their techniques are the same. Mm. To me, it's not, it's seeing her so much is taken away from her talent for me because now I just feel like I see you basically using the same tools for each character. Maybe you can't keep up. I have no idea. Supposedly, she's going to be unrecognizable as uh, as Linda Tripp. Would that be the fat suit that they're having her wear? I don't know. <laughs> it's offensive. It's offensive that they didn't hire an actress who was the right size. An actual fat person. Hello. To play Linda Tripp. That is ridiculous. And that's part of the problem I have with Ryan Murphy. That's a good like, point. This is yeah. not the climate yeah. to do something like that. Like, yeah. you can't tell me there's no plus side, even if he would have got Kirstie Allen. Oh, God. That let's, is an let's actress. Not, let's not give her any more work, please. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Come I'm on. just saying. If there, she, let's say a non-crazy, non-Fox News Kirstie Allen. What I'm saying is there's plenty of women in their, what, 40s who absolutely. are plus size actresses who could knock that role out of the park. Me. Well, I wouldn't cast you as Linda Tripp. Fine, I'm not tall enough, but whatever. Yeah, yeah we'll say you're not tall enough. <laughs> what I'm just saying is... Th- but there's plenty of there's size plenty. 16 and they should and have found them. Actresses. They should have found them. It of would have course. been a great opportunity for yeah. an actress. It's yeah. just all of that is what pisses me off. Not, but not only that. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so now I'm going to say something that I is probably not going to be popular. I'm not a fan of who is playing Monica Lewinsky. Yeah, I'd never heard of her. And I started to read about her, and then I didn't have time before our show started. She's Jonah Hill's sister. Now, she was in Booksmart. She's like, she's known. She Uh has, you know, I don't have anything against her talent necessarily. Uh I just don't feel like it's a good cast. I know what Monica Lewis looks like. She didn't look right. I saw her all the time. And I just don't think it's a fit in that way. I don't know how she's going to act because I'm not going to watch it. But Monica Lewinsky had a very beautiful face really i mean she's a very pretty i mean she i mean she didn't look like a model is. but you know she's a she's she, a, she, she was yeah yeah she's pretty yeah. and the photo i saw of this actress that's playing her was not particularly sorry I, and uh i was like hmm <laughs> well you're saying a lot of stuff that people usually only say on twitter because it's kind of mean but true just true um sorry I don't like to comment on women's appearances as a man because i do feel like it's a there's a toxic element to that and i appreciate that so I'll let you do that. Yeah, I do it, unfortunately. And you just said exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> I learned my lesson when Snow White came out with Kirsten Stewart, Kristen Stewart and um, Charlize Theron. And uh-huh. I remember saying, on what planet would <laughs> Charlize Theron be threatened by the beauty of Kristen Stewart? Ooh. Now, that's not something I would say now. I learned my lesson. Somebody explained that you shouldn't comment on women's appearances that way. It is, however, a very good point. <laughs> I mean, because Snow White is supposed <laughs> to be her stepmother's jealous yeah, of Yeah, yeah. Charlize Theron has nothing to be jealous of. Yeah, like <laughs> Betty White. She wants to suck the life force out of her. That's Right. In my opinion, there was, but so anyway, I, I try not to do that, but I do think she's miscast. I'm not going to say why or who should do it, but I think she's miscast. And it's just like Ryan Murphy stuff. It's like somewhere like in the middle of it, he doesn't care anymore. And then it just, mm-hmm. it starts off really good. And then like around the middle of it, you're like, well, what the hell am I watching? And then it just ends. Yeah. My take on it is why do we need that show ever? I don't understand now. In the time that we're in now, why do we need it's, to watch a democratic impeachment? Don't need to. Why? Don't need to. Why now? I think it's a story that was 
already told too much. Way too much. I don't want to need to see it again. I would like to hear perhaps what the dry cleaner has to say. The dry cleaner that got the blue dress. <laughs> perhaps a short five-minute monologue from that person might be interesting. About the, the size of the stain? I was just about to try to get this stain out when I was suddenly asked not to. And to pack it back up. Because it was presidential sperm. Then they were going to send it to the Library of Congress or whatever. A presidential load. I was very mad. I was an adult when this happened. And I was very mad at Bill Clinton. And I've been mad at him ever since then. It was such a stupid, stupid, irresponsible thing to do. And I will be forever pissed at him for it. I think that's the way a lot of women feel about men who cheat on them. Well, not just that. He was at work. Exactly. And that's usually... He was in, he works for fucking me. He worked for me. That's usually how it happens. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's a stupid mistake like, that some middle-aged man makes with some younger woman. And it usually can cost them a lot. It's like, it, you're the president of the United States in your office working for me right now. And you're doing what with your intern? And it's also uh, inappropriate because she's your intern? It's very inappropriate and unprofessional. And Hillary doesn't want this. Nobody needs to see this story. So, yeah, I totally agree with you. So it's not going to be good. <laughs> I Well, I have my own problems with, with Bill Clinton. I never, yeah. Bill Clinton, I don't really have a problem with him because he cheated. Part of me is like, it's wrong. I was so little, I don't even really know. My problem is not that he cheated, though I, I don't approve. My problem is that he had an affair with an intern at work in his office as the president of the United States working for me. He shat where he ate. He he blew a lot of things. Sorry, pun intended, I guess. He 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 ruined a lot of things. He ruined you know, he ruined our the democratic momentum. He ruined some progressive agenda. I mean, now he I have some problems with his agenda now too, I realize, you know, looking mm -hmm. back at some of the things he did, but there were some progressive things that were happening and he just he just screwed it all up. And and, and I, I just felt like he just wasted this opportunity because of his ego and his hubris and he couldn't keep his pee pee in his pants. And because he's a freak. And he's a freak with a cigar, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel bad for her that she just kept getting drugged through the mud all the time and whatever. But then now she's a producer on this show. So what am I? I don't even know what to say about that. Maybe she'll tell the story the way she really wants to be told. I don't know. Maybe. It's her It's her and his story to tell. And the impression I got from her documentary on Hulu, which was excellent if nobody has watched I it. I heard that was good. Yeah. I think you I think you would really if anybody should watch it, you should. I think you'd really enjoy it. That that I would watch. It was very well done and I enjoyed it. I am going to submit an audition for the dry cleaner. <laughs> I want to hear that monologue. Yeah. I, I gotta work, I gotta write it. <laughs> <laughs> what I gather from the she had her reasons for standing by him, he seems to be very contrite. Yeah. When speaking about it, he seemed very he seemed, it was still a painful subject for him. Yeah, well, should be. But I, I just don't know. Is he really contrite or is he contrite because he got caught? Well, you could ask that about any man who's ever cheated on. Because when you get down to it, we're not talking about the fact that he's president here. Yeah. We're talking about the fact that they were married and he, he had an affair. And I yeah. think that if you're going to accept a man, if, you're, if your husband's going to have an affair and you're going to take him back, I think the least he can do is be completely torn down every time you talk about it in class. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the least that can happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he can yeah. still, like, all these years later, lump in his throat, cry. He was upset thinking about how it affected her. Okay. Now, he is a politician, which means he could have been making it all up and it could all have been fake. But yeah. assuming that's not true, then it's fine. And that's between that's between Bill and Hillary. Lane. None of my mm -hmm. business. If they want to say the other... 
things together. But truth, yeah, no, that's none of our business. Absolutely, it would have been a lot easier on her if she would have left him. I think she could be president if she had left him. I don't know. Have we ever had a divorced president? Let alone divorced. Well, we have with Trump, well, but a divorced no. woman president no. because they would have. I just they felt like really. And who? I wonder who her second husband would be. Like who would who know. would Hillary Clinton marry after that? Um, I don't know. It's a good question. Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> you know, I could see her going to women. I could too. I, I could. I could see her leaving him. Like I, she, that would be becoming a lesbian would probably be the best thing that could ever happen with uh, Hillary Clinton. Yeah, she'd just be like, I'm, I'm done. I mean, I wish I didn't have to deal with men. Yeah, well, you can't. You have no choice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would be great. Men are God. We're we're terrible. Sometimes problematic. When I talk to people and like white people are like, white people are terrible. And and, and this one white girl, she was like, I'm sorry. She was like, I know that it sounds kind of whatever for me to just say as a white person that white people are terrible, but it's mm-hmm. just she was like, But we are. And it's I was true. like, I get it. I was like, because men are terrible. And I'm I'm but we're terrible. I understand it. Some of my best friends are white people. Some of them are okay. Okay. Historically, white people. Didn't do a great job. They okay. were both dealt a bad hand. <laughs> what? Oh my god! Yeah, right. Oh, god, that made me laugh. Four aces and four aces and four more aces is what they were dealt. Good lord. Okay, Carol. Um, the orange dope running for president again. Is this going to be good? No. I didn't hear that he officially said he was going to do it. Well, he's he's starting to drop hints, well, subtly, he's subtly, hints but more so, more so. And and the only reason I brought it up is because I read a little article about Miss Melania, who really is not into it supposedly, and and is very not enthusiastic. And I was like, well, was she ever enthusiastic? We're still in the grips of the Delta. I can't see a scenario where he would win. Well, I can't either. And I, but you know, that's what we thought before. So. I actually don't think he could get reelected, but I assume that it's not as safe uh, to say that as I think it would. But I, I just think it's kind of hilarious that supposedly Melania is not interested. And I was like, well, she wasn't super interested. She wasn't interested the first, the first time. time. <laughs> like, so now she's really not interested. <laughs> she showed up to work like, what, six months late? <clears throat> showed up six months late. She worked uh, maybe two hours a week, maybe. Like, no, she was literally the worst thing to be in that White House. Well, Besides she was the him, worst like, first lady. Yeah, he was the worst thing, but I, well, no. there were like, a lot of bad things. That whole birther things. shit with her, they're just as bad. Like, there is yeah, no... Yeah, she's gross. She's grotesque. She's a terrible human being. They she's both are. Whiny, That's why they're together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's, she's a whiny little shrew who thinks that she was the most criticized and put upon first lady in history. Like, um... Let me introduce you to Michelle Obama and Eleanor Roosevelt <laughs> and Hillary Clinton. She was the most criticized and what was the other word? And and she claimed that she was the most slandered and criticized and put upon and, you know, that everybody was so hard on her. And she was not the most. She was just the first who deserved it. She's a, and she's just a big whiner like him. Like, actually, people were way more respectful to her than she deserved. Way more. You know, that's what they say. You start acting like your spouse after a while. Mm. Well, I hope for her sake she didn't start looking like him. <laughs> that's all I have to say. <laughs> that's not going to be a good look at all. 
Oh, God. Now I just thought about that one minute that I remember last at that, what was that? Not even a debate, that thing he did before the election and that one was saying how handsome he was when he smiles. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. I think about that like once a month. Ugh. And I just, a little bit of barf oh right God. here in my throat. Like just right mm, mm, every time I think about it. Because she was so serious. And then she said she wasn't going to vote for him. Good. I mean, I was glad to hear she wasn't going to vote for him, but yeah, I couldn't... Uh, you couldn't trust anything out of that woman's mouth after she said that. He's not handsome when he smiles. I'm sorry. Uh, no. That's That's simply not... Is he less ugly? I guess, because he's, so ug- he's so ugly otherwise, you know? I mean... It's a decent set of veneers, sure. He looks better with his mouth shut. He looks kinda. better with his head off. He looks no, better with not. his head off. That thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy Griffin was dragged through the mud for that. Well, I didn't do it the way she did it. Now we see but... that she was right. Oh, this just got really explicit. <laughs> <laughs> this might get us canceled. We're not going to be doing Fox News after this. Oh, that's good. Well, um, I guess you did a good job, Quinn. I'm just gonna say because I know you were tired because you worked all night, and what a good job! You I did. did this half dead, and and I'm gonna I've mustered up enough strength to say if you like to support our show, Woo! please donate at www.buymeacoffee.com backslash gonna be good. I love it when he says that. I really don't think I can say it. I like the way you say it, and just do what he said. Just do it. Give till it hurts. We need we need your money. Like, subscribe, recommend it to your friends. Let's make this second season sore. Okay. Sore from what? What? Sore from what? Sore more. Sore, <laughs> sore like fly in the air. Got it. S O A R. No, you didn't spell it. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> Not sore the other way. Anyway. Uh, tell these people who you are. Oh, I'm Carol Scudder. I'm Carol Scudder. They know that. And I'm um, at the Carol Dan on Instagram. And I'm at Carol Scudder on Twitter. I even tweeted today, I think. So go check like it out. The- go check it out on Twitter. It's like I did a tweet. She did a tweet. Everybody clap. And I am Quentin Lamar. You can find me at the Quentin Lamar on Twitter and Instagram. And I tweet all the time. He does. He tweets all the time. I like him. I like his tweets. They're good. Good. All right, you guys. See you next week. I'm going to bed. (laughs) 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 You heard it here first. All right, folks. Woo!